TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. It's as busy right now as it is at any point during the calendar year when it comes to the Twin City sports scene, which is great for business. It is great for the Scoop podcast. Hello, everyone. We are back. We have the 6 o'clock hour here on 1500 AM Score North scorenorth.com it is the scoop podcast this is episode 209 score north by the way s-k-o-r s-k-o-r on score score north scorenorth.com we'll get to news and notes in a bit including parameters of a contract being discussed with ryan saunders representative about making ryan the full-time wolves coach plus the wolves gm search is underway scott Layden, any chance he is not dead man walking so we'll get to the wolves in just a bit we may catch up with ben carlson of eastridge high school he took an unofficial visit to the gophers campus on tuesday for the purdue game he recently took an official visit to Xavier. His recruiting is picking up. He is one of the best players in the country in the class of 2020. Plus, his high school team, Eastridge, has a legit chance to win a 4A championship. So there's enough to talk about with Ben, plus some other recruiting notes I can get to in that segment with Ben Carlson. But we begin with the Vikings. We begin with Blake Barrett's NFL agent based here in the Twin Cities. He runs IFA Institute for Athletes among his clients is Adam Thielen. Signs point to the Vikings signing Thielen to a contract extension at some point before the season starts. Blake met with the Vikings last week at the Combine in Indianapolis. Blake also represents Blake Cashman, who had an unbelievable Combine, certainly made himself some money, the former Gopher did, from Eden Prairie over the weekend, and Blake represents a few other Vikings as well. So we'll catch up with Blake Barretts from IFA, Institute for Athletes, right now. It is Blake Barretts. Blake, I appreciate your time. What, in general terms, before we get to some of your specific clients, what, in general terms, is this time of the year like for you? I mean, as we approach free agency next week, I mean... Heck, is it just craziness in your world right now? It's a busy time of year, every year. Um, yeah, you're dealing with, you know, you still got college guys that are training for the draft that have all their pro days and visits and interviews and combine. And um, then you're also dealing with players that are on existing rosters that are we're coming up on the league year next week. So guys that might get re-signed, guys that may get released, guys that may get traded. Um that then impacts the free agents. It's busy. It's a fun busy, but it's busy. <laughs> Do you have some clients that are in that territory that they may get released, may get traded? Yeah. You know, Kurt Coleman got released last week. That's right. Uh, yeah. From the Saints. He had a big, big cap number and had a big roster bonus due early. So we, we knew that was going to be a possibility. Uh, we got a couple other guys. Like, I think they're going to be on their respective teams. Um, but, but yeah, there's all, every year there's a, every year there's a couple possibilities. Typically, typically what, what I normally do is I go through every single roster, whether they're clients or not, and I can highlight guys that are going to be potential cap cuts or potential releases or potential trades just based on, uh, what they've done, their age, their cap number, off the field issues. Uh, production levels, new coaching changes, schematic changes, whatever it may be. So, 
whether it's my own clients or players I don't represent, it just allows us to stay one step ahead and, and in evaluating the rosters. All right, well, as you've done that with the local team, I mean, heck, you have, what, four clients in the Vikings? Is it four? Ham, Thielen, Odenabo, and Zilstra, is that correct? Am I forgetting anybody? Uh, Stephen Weatherly now as well. Stephen Weatherly, okay, so you have five clients on the Vikings. I mean, heck, as you size up the Vikings, I mean, what? how do you see this thing playing out on the on the local front? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate on the Vikings. I there I think enough people are are doing that, but I mean I think everyone can see there's certain guys that they're going to have to clear some cap space and I think there's some some without me naming names, I think there's some fairly obvious ones that are going to get looked at via trade or via restructure or via or release uh just based on the reasons I just mentioned. Um I don't think they're going to have the luxury of keeping all those guys. So I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to speculate on the guys or situations because I don't want to alienate anyone or piss anyone off. But but I think the media's done a good enough job of of mentioning those names. I think those names are are accurate as to names that are going to be in consideration. I mean, it just it sounds like it is going to be a very busy, very fluid couple weeks, right? In general terms, when it comes to the Vikings, if you're a Vikings fan, this is a very fascinating time. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it. Um, I think it's an exciting time if you're a football fan uh, because the new league year starts, and there's always a couple surprises. There's always a couple a free agent surprise or a Landon Collins in New York doesn't get franchised, and and now that makes all the teams go back and watch film because maybe you didn't think he was going to be available, or maybe that changes your, you know, the safety market, or maybe there's a guy you thought was a little step below. Landing that that now you may be able to get because everyone moved around a little bit. So it's just you have a lot of those examples, and that's why the NFL has done such a great job. You with free agency and the draft and the salary cap system, like every team is kind of starting from square one. And and in whether in reality or not, in theory, every team has a chance. So that's why it's so popular. All right. In terms of restructuring, I mean, heck, your guy Adam Thielen, right? I mean, would it make logical sense for the Vikings to redo Adam's contract, extend him, and I guess as you're extending him, you could lower his 2019 cap number? I'm obviously biased, but I think it makes perfect sense uh, to restructure Adam. Um, not necessarily from a cap saving standpoint. I just think more from a um, a cash standpoint that he's earned it. And I think there's a way to do it without really affecting the cap too much. So I just, I, I am of the mindset and there's not a ton of good faith in the national football league business, but I, I think he's earned it. Uh, he hasn't missed a game his entire career. He's been as consistent on that roster as there's been. He's been one of the best players in the national football league. Um, and, and he's a, he's a fan favorite. He's a locker room favorite. He's an organizational favorite. Um, so, I mean, those are the guys you want to take care of. You know, those aren't those aren't guys that you maybe cringe when you write them a, a big check. Those are guys that are showing up and busting their ass every practice and every film session and making their teammates better. And and you know, so those are doesn't mean they're going to do it. It doesn't mean we're going to agree on an exact number, but but it certainly makes the job we both have easier. All right. So you met with the Vikings in Indianapolis. Can you can you classify how how that gathering went? It went well. I mean, it went as well as it could go. Um, yeah, we didn't talk specific numbers or or necessarily even a specific timeline, but um, 
they reiterated that he's earned it and they want to do something and we're going to stay in touch weekly and i don't know what something looks like you know that's that'll come when we actually start to negotiate and talk numbers and hopefully we're in the same ballpark of what we're expecting or wanting and if we're not then we'll we'll see what the next steps are but there's you know the first step in the whole process is a desire for both sides to do something and we got that part out of the way now what it looks like you know we'll know more in the coming weeks or months in the vikings front office i mean a good group of guys to deal with i mean comparatively speaking when when you deal with, I mean, heck, you deal with every team in the NFL, but when dealing with the Vikings specifically, you know, when you have that initial meeting, when you hear them say something, I mean, you know that they're being genuine when they say it? Yes. Yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy them. Um, I enjoy them. They're professional. I like them all on a personal level as well as a professional level. Um, these are people I, I have a lot of respect for. Um, it's very... There's, there's no bull. We work together. Uh, it's just it's straight to the point. And we respect each other. I, they respect that I have a job to do, and I respect that they have a job to do. And just because we don't always agree doesn't mean we don't respect each other or or, or nor understand where the other side's coming from. You know, that's like anything else, like family can, or friendships. You can disagree as long as there's a mutual respect and understanding. All right, and when you're saying they, I mean, is it, Who's in the room? Is it Rick Spielman? Is it George Payton? Rob Rosinski? Is it even more people than that? Rick, George, Rob, Ryan Munnins, you know, those those guys are typically in the room when we have these discussions. And then as we really uh, get into the contractual discussions, it's it's more one-on-one with Rob. You know, Rob's done a great job with their, their salary cap. Uh, he understands the nuances. It's obviously a collective decision over there, even to ownership. Uh, but Rob is Rob's the one that will get into the weeds on the actual contract negotiation. And on George, like, I don't even think a lot of hardcore fans could recognize George. Like, if you had a lineup of, of Vikings employees, I don't know if they could point out George Payton. Does it surprise you, though, that George, A, isn't a general manager yet? B, that he just doesn't get maybe the love, the fanfare that maybe he deserves? I mean, if he wanted to be a general manager, Blake, is it safe to say that he's had enough opportunities over the years that he could have taken one of these jobs, that the Vikings have a real big-time luxury when it comes to assistant general manager George Payton? Yeah, I think so. I think I have a ton of respect for George. I really respect his opinion. It's hard for me to – I can't speak on his you know, other job opportunities because I haven't asked him recently, and I don't know if he's really wanted them, if he's comfortable here, if he's picky about certain ones. I can't speak to that, but I can certainly speak to the fact that he's qualified, and I think he'll do a – They'll do a great job as a general manager if and when that opportunity comes to fruition. A little bit more on Adam. I mean, you talk about being a fan favorite. I mean, can't you, and I get it, you're biased, but but I'm saying this. I mean, you can make a case, Blake, that he is the most popular athlete in town. I mean, first off, the Vikings are the most popular team in town, and it's not even close. To me, he's the most popular player on the team. So, I mean, I'm just telling you, you can make a case. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, you can... You can name off any number of athletes in this town that you want, Zach Parise, go up and down the list. But to me, if if ranking the most popular athletes in the Twin Cities right now, to me, your guy Adam Thielen is number one on that list. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think he's not I, one. I think for sure he's the most popular guy in Minnesota. I believe that to be true, and he might even be the most popular athlete in the entire Midwest. I don't really think that's a stretch. You go into South Dakota, or, you know, North Dakota, the guys from Detroit Lakes. You know, people resonate with him. 
uh, not just because he played good football, because of the person he is and family man and spiritual and does the right thing, but he's also competitive and his story and it's it's really unique and it's authentic. It's not it's not fraudulent. You know, he's not out there. Um, you know, he's not out there selling products all the time. He's just an authentic, really good person. And his story. I've been around football for 15 years. I've never witnessed anything like this. I don't know if you'll see something like this again. Frankly, a guy that's from his home state and plays at a small school in his home state and gets an opportunity to go with the Vikings, his home team, and goes from practice squad guy to you know back-to-back Pro Bowls within four seasons. That's just it's a it's a very it's a very very rare feat. Um, but it's awesome. Those are the guys you root for. A little bit on your other Vikings client, C.J. Ham. You got that deal done earlier this week. Take us through the inner workings of C.J. Ham's new deal. Honestly, he's an exclusive rights-free agent, which gives the Vikings the right to bring him back um, at whatever his middle salary is. So I've known for a long time that we were going to get that one done. That was just quick and easy, and they wanted him back. They like him. He brings a lot to the team from a special team standpoint. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He's not your traditional fullback. He's He's much more versatile, so that was... Uh, I wish I could say I was really heavily involved in doing something there, but, but outside of gathering the information, there's not much to do because he's an exclusive rights-free agent still. Ifedi Odenabo. I mean, he could have... What, Blake, is this right? He could have maybe landed on a 53-man roster at the end of the year, but the Vikings sold him and gave him more money, saying, hey, we think you're a big part of the future? Yeah, so he was on a he was on a fifty three man roster for I can't remember the exact number of weeks. He was in Arizona for X number of weeks. They ended up releasing him. He did not get claimed, and we decided to come back to Minnesota to be on Minnesota's practice squad at a lesser amount than some of these other. You know, there were a couple other teams, including one in the division, that was going to pay him full active money to be on their practice squad, and uh, we just felt that in the in the future, there's a really good opportunity in Minnesota. And then about four weeks later, uh, a team offered to put him on their 53-man roster. Um, and at that time, uh, we, we, the Vikings agreed to pay him active money to stay on their, their active roster. And then when, he, when his contract expires the end of the season, at the end of the season, he actually had another opportunity to get a little pay bump to sign a future elsewhere. And again, we decided to come back to Minnesota. Minnesota actually ended up giving them like $125,000 signing bonus as a future to come back to Minnesota. So That tells you all you need to know right there about what they think of his future. I mean, he's a guy that that fans should know that, heck, has a realistic chance to be on the 53-man this year. uh, Yeah, he's he's a good athlete, good player. He didn't play a ton of football, so he's still a little raw, and I think you saw flashes of that in the preseason. He's been working his tail off and – uh, who knows if there'll be more of an opportunity with with the Vikings and some of their roster moves? But but I think I, I think you're going to see more of them. Uh, he's just every year he gets a little more little more comfortable. So he can flash. He can flash. I'm excited to see him this year. Will we see more of Brandon Zilstra? I hope so. I, I thought you were going to see more of him last year. I thought so I too. Think, yeah. I think you're going to have to get Stefanski on the podcast and ask him. <laughs> I was I was in his ear a little bit at the combine, so we'll see. I think so. Like I, I'm a huge fan of Brandon. Um, I think he can play. He's got great hands. Uh, he can play special teams. He's a big target. He's got professional experience. 
Um, you got to ask coaches that one. Even I can ask my front office buddies, but they're not the ones coaching on the field. So sometimes I get a, a roundabout answer or I get just tell him to be patient, wait his turn. But I do, but I do think they like him. I think his injury in training camp was a little unfortunate because he was making a lot of plays and agree. Yeah. And, uh, and I think his opportunities were going to be to go show what you can do in games in those preseason games. And then he never got those opportunities. And once the season started, it's just tougher because you haven't, you don't get the same reps that everyone else gets. You're on a short week, you're game planning. Um, do I think he still deserves an opportunity? Absolutely. But it's just, it's a little more difficult once you're already in season. And I'll let you go after this. Speaking of opportunities, Stephen Weatherly, who you now represent, I mean, he ran with his opportunities last year. No question. I'm, I'm really excited about Steven. Really cerebral, great dude. Um, working his tail off, has earned everything he's gotten. I think he's got a really, really bright future. I think you, you saw what he did playing about half the snaps last year and was disruptive on a ton of plays. And again, if there's a, you know, I think he can play inside, he can play outside. Um, he's a versatile piece for Minnesota. They like him. And depending on who's still on the roster going into the year, uh, he's going to have an opportunity to even improve upon what he did last year. I lied. I'm an idiot. I mean, how would I not ask you about Blake Cashman, right? I mean, you represent the draft prospect from Eden Prairie, the former Gopher. I mean, heck, could the combine have gone any better for your guy, Blake Cashman? I don't think so. Um, he, he blew it away. Uh, but, I, I mean, a lot of people were surprised that, uh, Blake and I weren't surprised. We talked about this in December. Uh, you get a little bit of a, I don't know, a lot of these teams aren't as dialed into those guys in December as they're starting to get today. And, you know, even the media and the fans, like they're not, Minnesota didn't have a great year. He was a former walk-on. They're not paying attention as closely as they maybe should be or could be. But then when, when you peel back the onion and, and everything, you get through this process and you actually go watch Blake Cashman's film – and then you see what he can do athletically, like, he's a really, really good linebacker. Like, he's not going to get drafted where he gets drafted just because he put up numbers at the Combine. All that's going to do is, is have these teams go back and watch the film even closer. He was really, really good on film. I just don't think that many people paid that close of attention until they had to. Now they will. Well, and really good for multiple years. Like, think about it. Even pre-PJ Fleck, like that Tracy Clays year, think about the Holiday Bowl the win over Washington State on that big stage, they don't win that game when he's a sophomore. I'm telling you, without his performance that night in San Diego, I'm just telling you, Blake, and you probably know this, but as a sophomore, they don't win that game. They don't win the Holiday Bowl without the way Cashman played that night. I agree with you. He's all over the place, and he's he's really athletic. He's got a really good knack for the ball. And when you're you know you're concerned, when you see a 6'1", 235-pound linebacker, is like, all right, maybe they're a little undersized. And then you watch them in Big Ten play, you're going against, you know, typically in the Big Ten, the offensive linemen are the biggest. Guys don't get their hands on them. And if they do get their hands on them, he either slips past them, gets them off quickly, shoots the gap quickly, able to run past them quickly, whatever it is. And these are some of the biggest, best offensive linemen in the country. So I'm, I'm really excited about him. I think it He's going to come in right away and be an unbelievable special teams player right off the bat. He actually reminds me a lot of Eric Hendricks. Like, he can play inside, he can mm -hmm. play outside, he's athletic, he's a sure tackler, he's got a good football IQ. 
Um, someone's going to get a really good football player. Blake, this was fun. Let's do it again real, real soon. I appreciate it. Anytime, Doogie. Thank you. From the Institute for Athletes, he is NFL agent Blake Barrett. Twin Cities native, represents five Vikings, including Adam Thielen, represents draft prospect, former Gopher Blake Cashman. By the way, the teams that showed the most interesting Cashman in Indianapolis include... The Vikings, the Patriots, the Redskins, the Cardinals, the Chiefs, and the Saints. Gophers Pro Day is on March 27th. We will shift the conversation to basketball next with Ben Carlson. Talk recruiting here on the Scoop Podcast. Welcome back to 1500 AM Score North, scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R. It is the Scoop Podcast, episode 209. Here on this Friday, the 8th of March, we now, this podcast has the 6 o'clock hour here on 1500 AM. The podcast has been going strong for almost three years. It is available anywhere you get your podcast, right? I mean, if you have an iPhone, you have the podcast app, type in scoop, scorenorth.com, the sports page on kstp.com, iTunes, Spotify, Anywhere you can get podcasts, you can find The Scoop Podcast. Just enter in Scoop, and we typically do one to two episodes a week, like earlier this week. Episode 208 included a lengthy conversation with Gopher senior Jordan Murphy, reflecting on how he ended up at the U. Remember, he was not originally a Gopher's commit. His great run as a gopher, whether number three, his jersey, his likeness belongs up in the rafters along with many of the other gopher greats like Randy Brewer, Kevin McHale, Michael Thompson, and so on. Oh, that's a bit of a joke to me since guys like Vashawn Leonard and Bobby Jackson will never be up there tied to the academic scandal. But certainly Murphy ranking among the top ten in so many different categories, number one in U history and rebounds, number one in double-doubles. You can make a case that Jordan Murphy one day belongs in the rafters of Williams Arena. So anyway, episode 208 includes a lengthy conversation with Jordan Murphy. I did that on Monday ahead of Tuesday's game, senior night, against Purdue. That was a big recruiting night for the Gophers. Grant Sherfield, the senior guard from Sunrise Christian Academy, was in. He formerly was a UCLA signee, but he got out of his letter of intent when Steve Alford got fired, so his recruitment is open. He's a top 100 to 125 recruit in the country. He would be an enormous get for the Gophers. So he took an official visit for the Purdue game. He will also visit Wake Forest this weekend. Cincinnati has some interest. Ole Miss has some interest, as does Wichita State. So the Gophers are trying, along with a few other schools, to land a very good recruit for next year. Then when looking at the junior class, Jalen Suggs of Minnehaha Academy was there. Kerwin Walton of Hopkins was there. Dane Danger of Park Center was there. All those kids have Gophers offers. And also there was Ben Carlson of Eastridge. He too has a Gophers offer. Let's now catch up with Ben on his visit to the Gophers on Tuesday, his recent official visit to Zay and everything else going on in his world when it comes to recruiting and Eastridge basketball as they have a legit shot to win a 4A championship. Ben, before we get to recruiting, let's start with your team, Eastridge. I mean, are you guys peaking? Do you feel like you're peaking at the right time? I mean, what is it, Monday you guys play who? Central in Hastings, yeah. a section semifinal. The next thing you know, it might be the section finals. And ultimately, your goal is not only to win the section and get the state, but to win a state championship. Do you feel like your team is peaking right now? Yeah, I definitely think we're playing really good right now at the right time. That's that's what you want to be during playoffs. You want to be playing your best. And I think, I know we've won a lot of games in a row. I think our team chemistry has been really good lately. And we're just, we've been playing really good lately. And I think we're definitely playing playing our best at the right time, which is what we need to reach our goals. When you say you're playing your best, 
that you guys are playing well. What does that entail? When do you know that you guys are playing well? Um, I think it's it's pretty easy to see. Like most people can tell, like when we're sharing the ball and like we're running on fast break and getting lots. I think the the, the sign that we're playing well is like we're getting lot, lots of dunks on fast break. I think because when we're doing that, like that kind of changes the whole momentum of the game. Like once we get on you know, fast break and get dunks, like the whole game just kind of changes. There's no one. I don't think there's many teams that can run with us in the state. So once we get playing like that, I think it's it's pretty hard to stop us. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it spring break right now for you, Ben? Yeah, right now for we our finals were uh, Thursday of one day, and then we we have today off and next week's spring break. So, I mean, does that make it easier, tougher, indifferent when you know your your schedule, your day to day schedule is is atypical as you head into the section yeah. semifinals on Monday? Um, I don't think it has too much of a difference. This is, yeah, we don't have school, so that's a little weird because we're used to having practice right after school, but I don't think it doesn't really affect us. We're just going out there trying to win games, and we just practice like normal. I don't think it affects us at all. I mean, are you in the gym that much more? Like, you know, when talking today, this weekend, I mean, do you just get into the gym nonstop? Yeah, like we have, I'll probably go shoot today, but we have practice at, 2.30 today, then we have practice at, then we practice at 9 tomorrow, so we don't we don't really take any time off, we're, all, we're still in the gym, I'll, I'll be in the gym at other times too, so it's, it doesn't really change anything, we're still getting in the gym and practicing, which is good. You were in a gym on Tuesday night, in fact an arena, a barn, Williams Arena, for the Gophers-Purdue game, what yeah. stood out about your experience there on Tuesday? <laughs> oh, that was a really, that was a really good statement for them, it was a senior night, so that was I thought I think Purdue was ranked like 11th or something. So that, I think the Gophers really needed to win like that. That was a really good statement win for them. That was it was good to see that. That was just a really good one for Coach Pacino and the Gophers. And I mean, take us through your experience. I mean, do you sit with other recruits? Do you go down to the locker room? I mean, take us through your entire evening there on Tuesday. Yeah, so I went there with my girlfriend, but we sat by all the recruits. I know Dane from Park Center was there. Jalen was there. Kerwin from Hawkins. I think there was a kid on his official visit there, so we were we were all sitting there. Uh, like I was like two rows behind the scores table, so it was really cool. And then, do you go down to the locker room after the game? Yeah, we went down there for a little bit. Yeah, we we went down there, said hi to the coaches and stuff, and heard what they had to say. Where do things stand, Ben? Would you say with your recruitment and the Gophers? I say it's pretty good. I know. They've been having a good year. I think hopefully they make the tournament. So that's a really good sign for them. But yeah, I'm definitely interested in them still. And I mean, when you look at Richard Pitino's offense, does his offense, I mean, I guess explain his offense and how you and your skill set could fit into an offense like that. Um, I think they like they like to keep it open, but I know they, they like to post up Murphy, which is good because you always need a guy like that. And they like. It seems like they like to run and fast break once they get get a rebound. They like to push a lot. That's how how I like to play too. So that's good. And I mean, explain your game. I mean, a lot of people listening right now don't know much about Ben Carlson's game. Explain explain your game to the listeners. Um, I like to describe myself as a really versatile player. Like I can I can shoot the three well. I can post up. I can drive. Most people don't think I can like dribble pretty well. I can I bring the ball up a lot for my team. So I think this. I'm like six nine, six ten, so a really versatile, tall player who can just make a wide variety of skills. I guess that's how I describe myself. 
And okay, so a couple weeks ago, did you go to Xavier? Was that an official visit for the Xavier Villanova game in Cincinnati? Yeah, I went to Xavier, and then the week before, I went to Purdue for officials, so back-to-back officials. Okay, so you've had two official visits in the last handful of weeks. Take us through those two official visits. Um, so Purdue, I went there for the game. They played, they played Penn State. So yeah, we went down for that game. That was good. It was a good experience to get to do official visits. So a lot different than a, on officials. Really busy, but I think it definitely helps see a school a lot more because I. I only got to visit Purdue for like an hour, so it definitely helps being able to see it a lot more. And the same with Xavier, like I've never visited there before, so it was and it was like way too expensive to drive down there by myself or fly down. So like official was the only way to really go down there, so that's the only route we could take to visit there. But it was a it was really worth it. I think uh, it was just great. They, I think they beat Villanova, so that was a, that was a great win for them. And I got to see the campus, talk to players and coaches, and just hang out with the players a little bit. And it was, yeah, it was two two good visits and back-to-back weekends. And is your hook to Xavier, Ben Johnson, the former Gopher, former Gopher's assistant, that he was recruiting you when he was here as one of Patino's assistants, now he's the lead assistant at Xavier, is that your hook there to Xavier? Yeah, I definitely know him well because he recruited me at the Gophers. I don't know, it's kind of a weird connection, but him and my uh, one of the assistant coaches on my high school team, they played together at Minnesota, actually. Like they were, they go, they went to each other's weddings, so they they're like best friends. So that's another weird connection. But yeah, I've known him a lot. He's a really good guy. And Ben, when you say that there's there's big differences between official and unofficial visits, what are some of those differences? Um, well, like on, unofficials obviously they can't pay for anything, so it's kind of like you do what you can with your time. But like on officials, like they plan everything out. Like it's a just it's a set schedule. Like we were doing like. Like it was like like your day is packed. Like it's meetings, like going out to eat, going to the game, hanging out with the players. Like it's everything set like for certain amounts of time, which is which is good because you get to do a lot of stuff in like two days or however long you're there. Whereas like unofficially, you're just there for like an hour or two, so you don't get to see as much. And okay, so where do things stand overall in the recruiting scene? I mean, you know, are those schools, I mean, have you cut your list? I mean, what is your list right now, I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, no, I haven't cut my list at all. I'm still keeping all my options open because I don't want to miss out on anything that, miss out on anything that would, that cutting my list would make me miss out on. So I'm just trying to keep my list open as long as I can and just try to see as many schools as possible. And so, I mean, who, I guess, who has offered you right now? Who is who is on that list? Uh, I have 15 offers. I know it's sad to name all of them. Yeah, go. I mean, if right. you can, off the top of your head, sure. I know a lot uh, of people would be curious. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just Nebraska, Davidson, Minnesota, Iowa State, Creighton, uh, Purdue, Northwestern, Iowa, Ohio State. I might have said Stanford already. Uh, Xavier, Colorado, Kansas State. Uh, I'm probably missing some. Wake yeah, I mean, th- that's that's where it's challenging, isn't it, Ben? That yeah. you have so many schools. I mean, is it is it overwhelming in some ways? Oh, uh, at times, like, and I, it's still a lot of fun. I'm still really, really lucky and blessed to be in the position that I'm in. But so it's, I'm just really lucky. But yeah, at times it can be a little overwhelming. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Like, I know. So many other people would want to be in my position, so I'm just really lucky to be where I am right now. 
When do you plan on trimming your list, or when do you plan on just making an overall decision? I don't know when I'd trim my list, but I know I'm probably going to decide definitely before high school season starts next year. So, I mean, this will be a big spring slash summer. I mean, you'll play again for D1 Minnesota, I presume. You know, yeah. that'll take uh-huh. you through. I mean, that'll be busy April, May, you know, July. And then maybe take maybe a couple more visits thereafter, make your decision maybe sometime, what, like Uh late in August, early September? Yeah, probably September, October. I just want to get it done before high school season starts. I can just play out the senior year without having to worry about that. So that's the plan. How often, I mean, is it a dead period right now? What is is the schedule right now where coaches can have contact with you or are there some limitations right now? Um, So they can... They can text me like as much as they want, but I know there's actually at like they still come to my games like at my game on Wednesday and the uh, Xavier head coach Coach Steele was there and then Joe Krabenhoff from Wisconsin was there, so they like they come up when they can. And I know there's probably going to be some more coaches at my game on Monday, so like I don't think it's a dead period because there were still some coaches coming to watch, which was good to see. And then when you say texting, I mean who. Who are some of the coaches that text you the most? Um, it's hard to tell. I know Wisconsin texts me a lot. Andy Xavier does. Stanford. I know it's it's hard to tell though because like it's a lot. So it's probably probably pretty pretty close to equal with most of the schools. It seems like it's not one doesn't really stand out because it's it's a variety. Got it, Ben. I appreciate this conversation. I think you know. Hope a lot of people listening right now enjoy just being able to pull back the layer a little bit. You know, yeah. and just you know, hear about the process because I don't think a lot of people realize the process that it is. I mean, emphasis on process. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is incredibly detailed. I mean, how many calls yeah, and texts and visits you get. And how many questions? Yeah. I mean, heck, I mean, I'm grateful that you're that you're willing to talk about it because, <laughs> heck, I mean, you're what? You're, what, 16 years old? Are you 16? I'm 17. 17, okay, but still 17. I mean, most 17-year-olds just want to hang out with their buddies, right? I mean, live a normal <laughs> high school life, and you're just being overwhelmed, I mean, not only from coaches, but from a lot of media as well and fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I just got to... I was trying to find a way to manage it and just uh, answer as many questions as possible so there's no, like, confusion or anything because the last thing you just want is, like, something you didn't say getting out. But, like, yeah, you just got to try to manage it as well as you can. I think I've done a pretty good job so far, so I'm going to try to keep doing that. I would say you've done a wonderful job, as have your parents raising you. Ben, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. From Eastridge High School, junior Ben Carlson. The Gophers won him. Nebraska, Iowa State, Iowa, Creighton. He went up and down the list. He's taken official visits to Purdue and Xavier, one of the best players in the country in the class of 2020. Also on the recruiting front, on Wednesday night at Rochester John Marshall High School to watch senior Matthew Hurt, who's a top 10 player in the class of 2019, in attendance, Mike Miller, longtime NBA player, now an assistant with former Wolves interim head coach Sam Mitchell, working under Penny Hardaway at the University of Memphis, and John Calipari of Kentucky, and Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski all were in the gym to watch Hurt earlier in the day. Calipari spent time with Jalen Suggs, the star junior, at Minnehaha Academy. Also, on the recruiting front on Thursday night, how about this 24-hour stretch for junior Paige Beckers of the Hopkins girls team, one of the best players in the country in the class of 2020. In fact, there are some recruiting services that have her as the number one recruit in the country in the class of 2020. Gino Ariema, UConn head coach, in the gym to watch her lead Hopkins to a victory 
over Wyzetta that clinched a spot at State for Hopkins. So a 24-hour stretch, Gino Ariama in attendance watching Paige lead her team to victory. Then shortly thereafter, she was named one of three finalists for the very prestigious National Gatorade Player of the Year Award. So I'm telling you. An unbelievable 24-hour stretch for Paige Beckers of Hopkins. We'll get to news and notes when we come back here on the Scoop Podcast, including what are the chances Ryan Saunders is sticking as the Wolves' coach full-time? back it is the scoop podcast here on 1500 a.m score north scorenorth.com it is time for some news and notes shameless plug be sure to follow me on twitter at d wolfson kstp at d wolfson kstp I tweeted earlier today that the Wolves will give Cam Reynolds a second 10-day contract. Look for that news to be official tomorrow. His first 10-day contract expires today. The more I hear from NBA contacts, the more I am being convinced that I see it as Ryan Saunders' job to lose. Now, when Ryan was elevated from assistant coach to interim head coach, I said on 1500 AM that day with Mackie and Judd that I thought he would be a little bit of a long shot, but I've come around because many smart people have convinced me that Glenn Taylor is paying Tom Thibodeau a ton of money to go away. He is likely to pay Scott Layden a ton of money to go away. Is he then going to invest millions upon millions of dollars in replacements? That is unlikely. Ryan Saunders is beloved by fans. The players love him. I actually sat down with Derek Rose for 25 minutes today. I will play back that conversation on a Scoop podcast next week. But Derek was gushing about Ryan. I've talked to other players. I saw Tyus Jones over there today. These players love Ryan Saunders. Now, I get it. The defense the Wolves have played has been atrocious. I think Ryan needs to hire a defensive assistant. He needs to bring in somebody to help fix the defense because the defense is laughable. It is pathetic. The Wolves have to find a way over the offseason in training camp heading into next season to play better defense. Certainly, that has a lot to do with the personnel on the floor. But, hey, Andrew Wiggins is unlikely to go anywhere. Jeff Teague is unlikely to go anywhere. If those guys are here, they need to find a way to convince those guys to play competent team defense and individual defense. So trust me, Ryan Saunders has a ways to go. Andrew Wiggins has regressed or he has stayed the same since Tibbs got fired. The hope was that bringing in a new coach would help Andrew Wiggins. Well, he hasn't. Ryan hasn't helped Andrew. Now maybe an offseason with Andrew will help convincing Andrew to spend a lot of time in Minnesota in the offseason. Maybe that can help. But I'm just saying there are some red flags there. Don't get me wrong. But I just think that you can get Ryan Saunders for somewhere in the vicinity of, I've had a number of people run this by me, three years, four and a half million dollars. I'm just saying I would not be surprised if sometime in April, maybe right around the regular season finale, if we have news of Ryan Saunders being elevated full time. Okay, so then what do you do with the front office? Would you bring Scott Layden back to run the front office? I think that's unlikely. Here are some names to keep an eye on. Calvin Booth now works in the Nuggets front office. He is highly thought of. He used to work in the Wolves front office. Milt Newton works for the Bucks. He would have interest in the Wolves job. In fact, he does. I can tell you this much. There is an agent pushing former Hawks general manager Wes Wilcox's name. I would be shocked if Wes Wilcox gets the Wolves job. I would look at those two names, maybe a few other names that I'll bring to you in the coming weeks, but certainly Calvin Booth and Milt Newton. Chauncey Billups, that's the popular name. I'm told Chauncey doesn't have a whole lot of interest in this job. And oh, by the way, the coach he would want to hire is Ty Lue. Well, if you have Ryan Saunders in place, that isn't 
going to happen. So I'm just telling you, I mean, Chauncey could have had the Cavs front office job a year ago, and he said no, and Ty Lue was the coach there at the time. His guy was in place as the coach. He still said no. Chauncey has intimate knowledge of the difficulties of working under the current Wolves ownership. In other words, I do not see Chauncey Billups coming in here. Now, Fred Hoiberg, he recently told reporters at an Iowa State game he's open-minded to running an NBA front office. I continue to hear that Fred's first desire, his first strong desire, is to coach. And he prefers to coach over running a front office. Now, does he prefer to run an NBA front office versus coaching in college? He doesn't like to recruit. I don't have that particular answer, but I'm just telling you, I don't know if I see Fred Hoiberg working in a front office. Maybe, maybe Glenn can convince him. They have a good relationship. Certainly Fred and Ryan have a good relationship. I do think the next Wolves coach is one of two people. I'm telling you, I would right now make Ryan Saunders the betting favorite, but if it's not Ryan, I think it's Fred with Ryan Saunders as his number one assistant. And I'll just leave you with this on the Wolves, and we'll certainly get to the Wolves next week and the week after and all the way through the end of the season and into draft time. But I'll leave you with this on this Friday night, the 8th of March, that I will be surprised if Taylor, Glenn Taylor, that is, doesn't look to save money with the money he has to pay Tibbs. And I'm telling you, there's no way that I see Scott Layden back next year. So that's millions upon millions of dollars that Glenn will owe those two individuals for the next couple of years. So I think you bring in a coach that doesn't make a ton of money like Orion Saunders, you bring in somebody to run the front office. Milt Newton would not cost a lot of money. Calvin Booth would not cost a lot of money. Somebody like that. So we'll continue to keep an eye on the Wolves in the coming weeks. Actually, I lied. One other Wolves note. Robert Covington is not close to returning. He was, but now he's not. Knee bruises stink. He was on the cusp, on the verge. Post-All-Star break, he was making great progress working out with his own trainer down in Nashville, but he is not close. He did not practice today. So I thought Robert Covington might be back for tomorrow's game against the Wizards at Target Center. That is very, very unlikely at this point since he has not gotten a full practice in with the team. Luol Dang is questionable. He did do some in practice today. A few football notes. Amani Hooker, Park Center High School, Iowa Hawkeyes, Big Ten Defensive Back of the Year. Here are the teams that he formally met with at the Combine. The Ravens, the Saints, the 49ers, Seattle, the Patriots, and the Bears. It's the calm before the storm for the Vikings. They have been busy this week at Pro Days. In fact, General Manager Rick Spielman was at Nebraska's Pro Day earlier this week. They had their Midwest Area Scout at the Kansas State Pro Day. They were at Auburn's Pro Day today. They were also at Purdue's Pro Day earlier this week. So it's that time of the year, busy time of the year, free agency and college draft work. Free agency in the NFL begins early next week. We still await official moves by the Vikings. They are coming. It's hard to see Andrew Sandejo back. It's hard to see Mike Remmers back. Will Kyle Rudolph be open-minded to taking a pay cut? Last word was he isn't, but maybe he changes his mind. What about Everson Griffin? The word on Griffin is Mike Zimmer is fighting for Griffin, that he doesn't want to lose two defensive captains. Anthony Barr, that's a foregone conclusion that he is leaving in free agency. But what about Griffin? I think the front office says, hey, look at his cap number. It's over $11 million. We need to do something. I think Zimmer is saying, hey, I'm losing Barr. Can I really lose Barr and Griffin in the same offseason? So I think there's a little bit of back and forth between the coaching staff, specifically Zimmer, and the front office. So that is a fascinating situation to keep an eye on. On Sheldon Richardson, a source close to Richardson, told me last night that it's 70-30 that he lands elsewhere, that he doesn't re-sign with the Vikings. Now, the Vikings have interest in retaining Richardson, so that comes in 
into play with the Vikings trying to create more and more cap space. What are they willing to pay him? But yes, there is mutual interest. Sheldon really enjoyed his year here. The Vikings like Sheldon Richardson, but is there another team? I'm told it's not the Colts. It's not the Seahawks, although those two teams like Sheldon. It's a different team that is willing to pay him a good amount of money. So how high are the Vikings willing to go on Sheldon Richardson? So so many fascinating angles to keep an eye on when it comes to the Vikings. I have a couple quick Twins notes. The Major League Baseball minimum salary this year is $555,000. The Twins have agreed to terms with Mitch Garver for $575,000. And they've agreed to terms with reliever Trevor Hildenberger at $572,500. So the Twins willing to go above the minimum on pre-arbitration guys. They'll go above the minimum on Jose Barrios. They'll go above the minimum on guys like Jake Cave and Tyler Austin and Tyler Duffy. So the Twins don't necessarily have to go above, but they are willing to go above on their pre-arbitration guys. Some of those guys will be eligible for arbitration pretty quick, including Jose Barrios next year. The Twins continue to try to work on an extension for Barrios, but he needs to get paid. He is not taking a team-friendly deal. Max Kepler was open-minded to that. Jorge Polanco was open-minded to that. Now you can argue both ways. Say hey, when that much money is being guaranteed to you, do you really say no? Thirty-five million, twenty-five million. It's hard to say no. But if you're Jose Barrios, you are sitting on a cash cow eventually. So I can see him waiting this thing out a bit more. But the Twins will continue to try on him, on guys like Eddie Rosario and others when it comes to signing them to contract extensions. All right, we are done. That does it for Scoop Podcast Episode 209 on this Friday night. Always appreciate you listening.